This is my Bible. I believe it is God Almighty in written form. And today it will enter my heart, my mind, my emotions, and my body, conforming me to the image of Jesus Christ, to the glory of the Father. Amen. Glory to God. You sound good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. We're going to start a series on dominion. And uh, you can go with me to Luke 10, 19. But it might be a little different than what you think in, in the context of uh, how we're going to share it. Uh, dominion is when you have authority to the in a way that you're stronger through the name of Jesus, okay? And dominion isn't so you can say, hi, look at me, you know what I'm saying? Dominion is about God's love. God doesn't like it when something has dominion over you. And that's what we're going to talk about. He doesn't like it when something or something can hurt you. He's a good father. Like, you know, we sing today. I never tell Michelle, you know, what songs to hardly ever, you know, sing. But the love of God is really what we're going to share. Dominion in the context of the love of God. Okay. Uh, we've shared this many times, but it bears repetition. The Bible talks in Isaiah 11 and, and throughout the Bible, Proverbs especially, the difference between knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Knowledge is the will of God. Faith begins where the will of God is known. It's who God is, who he is to you, who you are to him. Knowledge is, you know what, uh, you know, you shouldn't do certain things, you should do certain things, okay? But understanding, the Bible says with knowledge, get understanding. Because understanding really puts a face to the word, amen? Understanding gives a face to the scriptures, it's one thing to read the word and know the word and even be able to quote the word. It's another thing to see the face of God through the word. Amen? I'll be honest with you. There's a lot of people. They can quote scripture and that's great. I'm all for quoting scripture. But if you quote scripture just to quote scripture, I tell you, it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. The scripture, the Bible says, the entrance of his word giveth light. Psalm 119, 130. It gives light to see the heart of God behind the scripture. Amen? Glory to God. So understanding is so important. And then wisdom. Wisdom is where to go to obtain knowledge and understanding. And wisdom also entails how to make this work. Amen? Glory to God. You have to, it's one thing to, you know, I share this. I, I, like, I like jokes. I like different things. But I don't know if it's a true story or not. But there's this, uh, there's three brothers, and their, their mother had, uh, was having a birthday. And by the way, happy birthday, Lord, it's your birthday. I, and happy birthday to you guys. Amen. And uh, so they all wanted to impress her. You know what I'm saying? So the one brother, I mean, he went all out. He bought her this new car. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And uh, the other brother, he actually, he got her whole kitchen remodeled. And then the other brother, he brought her this bird. It spoke 14 different languages. I mean, it was more expensive than the car. 
It was more expensive than the update on the kitchen. So anyways, they were all together and they said, let's just call up mama and see what present she liked best. And uh, so the, the guy, the, the one brother, you know, said, how'd you like the brand new car? She said, I liked it. It was nice. And uh, the other brother said, man, how'd you like the updated kitchen? Where you said, she said, I love it. It was nice. And the other brother said, what'd you think about this bird? She said, it was delicious. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, she didn't have enter into wisdom. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. All right. So we want to enter into knowledge, understanding, amen, and wisdom. Glory to God. In Luke 10, 19, let's read it. Well, let's start with verse 17. And the 17 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the, de the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. He said, behold, I give you power. That word in the Greek could also be translated authority. To tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Glory to God. Amen. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. See, all that is so important. Because a lot of people think when they tread on it, serpents represent deception. Scorpions represent harm. And they think when they get a victory of the devil, they're always going to get counterattacked in a way they're going to get harmed. No, that's not the truth. Proverbs 10, 22 says, God gives you blessing without sorrow, with no sorrow added to it. But it goes on to say, notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. See, Jesus knows that Man, people can get off on different things. Well, I got power of the devil and I got this and I do this. You know, you can get off on doing things for God and forget about doing them for God. You know, in the sense of you can get off, yeah, I did this, I did this, I did this and forget while you're doing it. Amen? Amen. Man, I, I know some people when I were in college, man, they learned to share the four spiritual laws and that's awesome. At the same time, man, they lost their relationship with Jesus. They lost their quiet time. They, they lost, you know, it's great to share the four spiritual laws. But you know what? That's not what it's about. That's a fruit of intimacy. But intimacy is the core. Paul says, I gave up everything that I might know him. Then experience the power of his resurrection. Then enter into the fellowship of his sufferings. At sharing the gospel and praying for the sick and on and on. Amen? Glory to God. But I tell you what, it's intimacy first. It's intimacy first. People that try to do the works of God and don't enter into intimacy with God, I tell you, it's not a good deal. Your giftings will carry you to a certain degree, but I tell you what, you're going to fall if it's giftings alone. Amen. The Bible says in the book of Daniel, those who know their God intimately, they will do exploits. Amen. Glory to God. And all of us, amen, I tell you, God wants us to do things, but amen, he wants us to have, amen, intimacy first. All right, so let's look at some things that God wants us to have dominion over. All right, first we need to have dominion over our own soul, amen? A lot of times people, a lot of Christians want to have dominion over other people, amen? Man, my, my wife didn't do the dishes for three days. Man, I need to, you know, I, I need to have dominion over her and just, you know, cast that demon out. Amen. And nine times out of ten, the reason she didn't do the dishes because she's doing everything else that you didn't do. 
Amen. Come on, woman, say amen. Amen. That's the truth. Amen. I'm just, you know, yeah, we want to have dominion over others. Oh, man. This person offended me. Crash him, God, judgment in Jesus' name. No. What you take dominion over first is your own soul, your mind, your natural mind, your emotions, your personality, your willpower. Amen? Man, you'd have dominion over emotions. All of us, I mean, emotions can be strong. Amen? Things you uh, shouldn't feel, then things that, I mean, you just don't feel anything at times. You go in your quiet time and all you get is hungry. You know what I'm saying? Seriously, you go, you fast and it's like, man, that, there's times, but you have dominion over that. And that. That's what we're talking about. Dominion over your natural mind. There's a way that looks right on the man, but its way is death. We need to go with the word and not what our natural mind says or what's politically correct or religiously correct. Amen. Lord, you got dominion over our flesh, anger, selfishness, you know, the things of the flesh, man, sexual sin, on and on and on. You know, Smith Wigglesworth was walking in a powerful way with God, but he had an anger issue. There's a guy raising the dead and struggling with anger. And he shares in his own, uh, you know, man, testimony. Man, he said, he finally had enough of it. He said, God, I just need you to deliver me from the anger. He said, all these things, people are getting saved, but man, I just got an anger issue. And Jesus came to him, helped them. Amen? Glory to God. Satan's a God of concealment. Jesus is a God of revealment. As long as things are concealed, Jesus can't touch them because you won't deal with them if they're concealed. But when they're revealed, God, God reveals. He doesn't condemn us, but he convicts us so they can be revealed so God can come in. Amen? Glory to God. Boy, I didn't get many amens there. Amen? Amen. Woo, okay, glory. All right. Okay, that, amen. All right, dominion over demonic strategies. Man, how, how many times, man, the devil tries to set you up, man. He tries to set you up. I remember Kathy and I were ministering to a couple, it was a while ago, and um, they were married and then they were separated because they had issues and we did some counseling and they, and they, they got back, to, you know, back together. And they, they, so they were, uh, the day that the guy's moving back into the house, I was with him, Kathy was uh, with the lady, and uh, phone rings, so the guy answers it. Here, it's uh, a guy on the phone. I mean, I think they were like 38 years old. So, I mean, this like, from 20 years ago, this guy never called this lady. They were like high school, they dated. So as soon as he fixed up the phone, and again, they were younger Christians. Man, this guy's a pretty tough guy too. And man, he just slams down the phone. He said, what's up with this? And I said, it's just the devil. That's the devil with a red suit on. He, he's just trying to get your goat. Amen? You know, when you're a lamb and someone gets your goat, it's not good, right? For real, for real. So I said, no, that's just the devil. So he, I said, just talk to her and just ask her. He said, so-and-so just called you. What's up with that? Were you with him when we were several? She said, I haven't heard from this guy in 20 years. And she, I knew this. And she hadn't. But see, that was a strategy of the devil Amen. Amen. To really cause problems. Amen. So what we have to do when the enemy, first of all, we bind up his strategies in Jesus' name. And we lose the strategies of God, Matthew 16, 18, and 19. But then when his strategies try to come against us, we take dominion over them in Jesus' name. 
We take dominion over them in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Amen. Can I tell you something? You know, I'm very honest. If you don't take dominion over the devil, the devil will take dominion over you. This idea, you know what? I'm just going to stay back and not make myself vulnerable, not get into all this spiritual warfare stuff and not enter into the gifts of the Spirit and the speaking tongue stuff and not do this and not get on fire for God and not share my faith. And the devil's just going to leave me alone. That's a lie. I'm going to tell you something. Oh, man, you act like prey. You're going to become prey. Amen? It's when you're in motion with a sword in your hand. And the high praises of God, Psalm 149, 6 and 7, that's when the devil will bow to you. Amen. See, most of you are in this church because you're on fire for God. You want Jesus. And I tell you, but we have to take dominion. Dominion over fear. When facts are against truth. Amen. It doesn't look like you're making progress. It doesn't look like, man, you can overcome this. It doesn't look like this is going to happen. Dominion over those, that, those facts. And we believe the truth. Amen? Yes. Glory to God. Dominion over when the devil tries to make himself out so big through a cold activity, whatever it is, really, it's not going to happen. Dominion over deception. You know what I'm saying? That, you know, the Romans 7 thing was talking about someone that's not saved and, you know, things I want to do, I can't do. The things I don't want to do, I end up doing. And again, there are wonderful Christians that have been taught that. doesn't mean that I'm a strong walk with God, but I tell you what, you're not going to enter into victory if you enter in. I mean, that's not the gospel. Come on. Amen. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Glory to God. Amen. Dominion over harm. That's a big one. There's harm all around us. I, I tell you something. So many people, Christians as well, they just let life happen. You don't let life happen. You speak life. And what you speak, you cause that to be your life. Amen? You don't just let life happen. Whatever it will be, will be. No, that, that, that's not Jesus. That's not Bible. Amen? Glory to God. I know this is strong, but I, I, really, and as a pastor, and I think any true pastor is going to want people speak the truth so people don't get hurt. You're not made to be hurt. And almost all of us have gone through hurt before we're saved and different things when we've been saved. And we need to get over that hurt. Amen? There are so many Christians that are wounded. Wounded by things they never should have been wounded with. So we want to negate that. And wounded because they've never been healed. Amen. Glory to God. But you got to get real. Amen. We got to get real. All right. Go with me to 2 Chronicles 20. Boy, times go so fast. Uh, 2 Chronicles 20. It tells you what evil is. It's just really a strong, strong verse, I'll tell you. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Most of us know this scenario when Jehoshaphat, when they came against him. And uh, man, they had just done a building project. They're worshiping God. And then, man, the enemy come against them. Three strong nations to come destroy them. 
A lot of times you face trials not because you've done something wrong, but because you're doing something right. Amen? Oh, man, that is the truth. And so 2 Chronicles 20, glory to God, that, uh, you know, Jehoshaphat, man, he's, he's, he's dealing with this. You know what I'm saying? And, and he's saying that in verse 4, he calls a fast. And, uh, man, and then he says, you know what? God, we're here. Because evils come against us. We're in verse 9. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 9. Well, let's start with verse 8. He said that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Abraham, your friend, they, they, they built you a sanctuary for thy name. Man, that will preach. Church is not about fast, you know, fancy ornaments. I mean, these windows are nice. And church isn't about fancy buildings. It's about the name that people sow to to put in that building. And now you're the building of God. His names are to be in you. The name of Savior. The name of baptizer Holy Spirit, healer. The name of, uh, of souls to be saved. The name of love and compassion. Amen? So he says this, when evil comes on us, and he says here's evil. It's just spelled out. Four things, the sword, judgment, sickness, and lack. Says we stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house. Cry unto thee in our affliction that thou wilt hear in hell. What's the sword? The sword is when you're not doing anything wrong. The enemy just hates you. And he will just try to come and bring harm. It's as simple as that. But we have to have dominion over that, that we bind that up in Jesus' name. I tell you, if you the devil will do what you let him do. Someone says, well, everything that happens to me is God's will. That is such a lie. Bible says you don't work, you don't eat. Amen. So you can't say, well, I'm hungry and not eat and say, well, that's God's will. Amen. The second thing is judgment. Well, judgment can be of God. Jeremiah 9.23 says, let not the rich man glory in his riches, the mighty man in his might, the wise man in his wisdom, but let him glory in this, that he knows me, that I am a God of loving kindness, righteousness, and judgment. Judgment can be good when God has to deal with something and sometimes even a nation. But this is talking about when we receive judgment when God wants to give mercy. The Bible says in James 2.13, mercy supersedes judgment. There are a lot of people that have done wrong. We've all done wrong, right? For real. That instead of receiving the mercy of God, they receive judgment. It's almost like I got to pay for this. Man, you know, we have a counseling center. How many times I work with kids have cut themselves? And they cut themselves for different reasons. Sometimes just to feel something because they're so numb. But sometimes to punish themselves because they feel responsible. False guilt. Well, mom and dad broke up because it's my fault. You know, I'll tell you what. The mercy of God is awesome. Amen. No, you can't keep taking advantage of mercy. It'll turn into judgment. That's right. But mercy, mercy. Thank God for mercy. Amen. You thank God for mercy? Man, his mercies are new every day. You know why? We need a mercy every day. That's the truth. Amen. All right, then it's sickness. 
Sickness is not of God. It's evil, it says. It doesn't mean the person that's sick is evil. They might be closer to God than anybody else. So never judge somebody. Well, they're sick because they don't have this or that. Man, that person might be, don't do that. Just don't. The last thing they need is you to judge them. They need to stand with them. They might be the strongest person in your midst. And they're fighting something because enemies come against them. Amen. But we need to understand sickness. Jesus, if sickness was good, why did Jesus get, take the straps and be shredded to get rid of it? Amen. All right. And then it's his lack. You know what I'm saying? Man, I, I said God wants us to have our needs met. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in God's Jesus. Amen. I mean, that's talking in the context of physical needs. So all those things, God doesn't want us to be harmed. The enemy will try to, he'll try to harm you and make your life through the sword a life of harm. He'll try to get you out of mercy. He'll try to bring sickness. He'll try to bring lack. All right. Unfulfilled desire. Man. God gives you desires so he can fulfill them. Not to be someone with a carrot on a stick that you're trying to get and never can. Amen. Unfulfilled desire. All right, we have to have dominion over that. How do we have dominion? By, by receiving. Amen. By faith. We'll get into that and coming against it. You know, harm, sexual abuse. Man. We're not a, it used to be one out of every four females by the age of 21 have been sexually abused. Now it's one every, not 3.4. Used to be one out of every six guys has been sexually abused. This is America. It's higher in almost every other country. But now it's one point one in every four guys. It's not a game. We need to stand, amen, against sexual abuse. Man, when Kathy and I do marriage counseling, we always tell you have kids who are not going to be abused. And so says, how can you say that? Because the Bible says he bore our griefs and sorrows. Well, what happens if someone has been abused? Then we believe God. Man, that's half the things we do at the center. And dealing with sexual abuse. God will, God will heal. Amen? But we want to take dominion. I'll never forget, we're in campus ministry. And there's a, a lady, she had, uh, she was like 24, and she had uh, a little girl, I think she was like three, and she had been harmed, abused many years ago. And she came to us and she said, I've gone to every church, many areas, many places. And I just said, can I be assured that my little girl won't be abused? You know, she went to about 15 different, and I'm not putting down, I don't put down churches. They may have never been taught. But she said, not one of them could assure me that my little girl would never be abused. I said, we can. And then that got her right. Some pastor says, how can you do that? I said, are you, we're under covenant, man. Come on. There needs to be a difference between the Egyptians, amen, and the Israelites. For real. Jesus died. He took, he bore our griefs and our sorrows. Is that not a grief and a sorrow? Man, we deal with that about every day. Amen. Domestic abuse. Man, so many kids. It's one thing when you get punched in the playground. It's another thing when your dad slaps you across the face, man. Amen. Well, we take dominion. All right. Bullying. Man, I can't stand bullying. Man, what that does to somebody, man, it breaks your heart. You know what I'm saying? I shared this story before. Every time I talk about one of my kids, I have to give them $10 to Michelle. 10 bucks, all right? Okay, all right. No more than that, all right. But uh, 
but she was, I think she was like in first grade or second grade or something, I can't remember. Uh, we lived close to the elementary school and she'd walk to school and there's kids taking their lunch. And uh, my one daughter, uh, Mary, she's kind of feisty a little bit. You know what I'm saying? So I, we knew the kids that, I, I was on the school board at the time. So I was going to grab this. I said, that's not good. And I didn't know their parents. And so Mary said, I'm going to go down. And I mean, right before they're going to grab her lunch, and she came out of the bushes and they never did it again. I'll just tell you that. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Jesus, I'll tell you, God is a good father. He doesn't want people bullied. See, someone says, why are you talking about this in church? Why don't you just give somebody's religious, verbose, you know, words that people use theologically that God himself doesn't understand the words you're using? Because that's not real life, man. Real life is when you have a real Jesus, when your kid's getting bullied, or he's getting, and man, his reputation is being slandered to the point where he's suicidal, and where's your Jesus at now? Where are those flowery, verbose words now? In the name of Jesus, we take authority. It will stop in Jesus' name. Now, you might have to do something natural, too, and contact authorities, do whatever. But in the name of Jesus, we're talking about authority in the context of the love of God. Amen? All right. Ephesians 1.23, it says that the, his body will fulfill all, should fill all in all. I mean, in the context of media. I mean, God wants to raise people up. The, 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 the true media. To give truth. Education. Man, I ran for school board not because I wanted I was on a school board a lot of years because somebody else was running. There was, I'll be honest with you, man, this very bad agenda. Man, and I won. I was on a school board a number of years because we needed to feel that. Amen? So certain things didn't happen and certain things would. You know, religion, you know, it's like, well, we put it under auspices of religion. Man, Jesus needs to be exalted. Amen? Above all other gods. Political. Someone says, don't get political. Well, Jesus did. Jesus did. Man, he said, give unto Caesar what's his, but don't give unto Caesar. Then, he, amen, different times he alluded to authorities. And say, you know what? We need to do, we, Christians are to enter into places of authority. Well, I, I don't have time for that. Well, guess what? The devil's kids do. Isn't that right? Isn't that interesting? I tell you, I'll never forget one of the guys that discipled me. He said, I want you to remember one thing. Well, a lot of things, but he said, a big thing. There are no voids in God. If you don't feel something, the devil will. You don't fill your mind with the word of God, he'll fill your mind with something else. You don't feel something that you're called to feel, I guarantee you, the devil will feel it. There's no voids in God. There's no voids. Amen. The arts. Man, I think it's awesome when Christians, you know, our granddaughter, we're going to see here, not this weekend, next weekend, you know, dance. And, you know, and we need to take over the arts. Amen. Christian musicians, Christian authors. Glory to God. Amen. And years ago, this guy wrote, why does the devil have all the good music, man? Amen? He shouldn't. He doesn't now. Amen. Family. Family. I'm going to tell you something. There's, you know, people talk about conspiracy. 
They want, people want to take away your rights, for real. They want to be your family. They want to teach things in school and never tell you what they're taught. I'm going to tell you something. Not today. All right. Okay. All right. Let's get back into the love of God. Thank you. Amen. Let's get back. Okay. This is about the love of God. See, anything you share, I share. That's not in the context of relationship usually is in God. You have to put it in the context of relationship. Amen. The bottom line is this. God gives you authority. And someone says, why doesn't God just take authority? Man, because angels, for example, the gospel. Why doesn't Jesus just speak, uh, preach the gospel? Angels don't preach the gospel. Jesus, Jesus preaches the gospel through you because you're his hands and feet. God's all about agreement. I'm all for giftings. I'm all for giftings. It's important to know your gift. But you know what? God's even more important. God's more about agreement than giftings. Someone's not gifted to be a powerhouse for God. I, I told you years ago, it, I went to, it's supposed to be this big conference with Reinhard Bonnke. He's just gone to be with the Lord recently. I mean, we, I thought there'd be a couple thousand people that was just for pastors. And there's like 12 of us there. I don't know if they got the dates mixed up. So 12 of us sitting around at the table with Reinhard Bonnke. It was amazing. And he shared something very personal. He said, you know what? He said, uh, my parents, uh, and he's from Germany, and he said, there, there's my, my brother and I, and we didn't have that much money, and, and my dad came to me and said, you know what? I only have so much money, and your brother, we're just investing in him for college. I'm sorry, we don't have money for you. Wow. And he was like, I felt so put down. And, but he said, okay. And he said, I might not be the most gifted person. But I've bought millions and millions of Jesus. And he is gifted too. Glory to God. Amen. God doesn't want you hurt. I mean, why do we think Somehow that God is so mysterious in the sense that God doesn't want you hurt. When I was ministering to a guy for real, he's, he's a large minister now, of course, he won't say his name. But he was sharing with me and constantly he said, man, I think I was nine, I suppose it, six years old and I was around the stove and, you know, my dad was a tough guy. I, I still, he said, get away from me. I didn't. And he put my hand on a hot stove, man. Should be in jail is what it should be, but this is years ago. He said, Man, what's that do to a kid? God doesn't want you hurt. And if God has to put your hand on a hot stove to teach you, I'm gonna be honest with you, he's not as big a God as you think he is. God's a whole lot bigger than that. It's the love of God, man, that causes you to repent, doesn't it? Isn't that what the Bible says, Romans 2? Now, God will deal with you certain ways. If you have to hit bottom, I, I get it. He'll let you hit bottom so you'll look up. But man, he's not a God. He's just going to hurt you. Amen. All right. John 11. Man, you know, let, let's go there real quick. We'll see how far we get on this. Time goes so quick. And John 11, you know, his friend Lazarus died, friend of Jesus. And... uh 
The Bible says in verse 33, when Jesus therefore saw Mary weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit, John eleven thirty three, and was troubled. He was hurt, man, by the hurt. And in verse 35, it's the shortest verse in the Bible, but it's so powerful. John eleven thirty five, it says Jesus wept. You know, there's a lot of things that can help you and me when we're in a time of trial. Perhaps one of the greatest things that can help you is just see, seeing Jesus weep for you when you're hurt. Jesus wept. Jesus hurts more than anyone else when we're hurt. He wept. It's amazing. It's just amazing. Luke chapter 5, let's go there. See, again, we want to enter in to taking our authority because we're not made to be hurt. Our kids aren't made to be hurt. I'm not saying you won't have challenges and there won't be trials. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, it's one thing. The Bible says, I, I will walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but it doesn't say that we're going to get obliterated. It says we walk through. Amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. And Luke 5, 12, says it came to pass when, when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy. That means he's in the last stages of leprosy. And the guy risked his life to come to Jesus because he's unclean and he's contagious. Man, he has body parts falling off. It's a bad deal. Mm. And seeing Jesus, he fell on his face and besought him saying, Lord, if, if you will, you can make me clean. So he's saying, I know that you can. I mean, just logically, if he's God, he can. But are you willing? That's a question so many Christians have. Oh, you know. Here's what Jesus did. He put forth his hand and touched him. You know, a picture is worth a thousand words, isn't it? He put his hand right in the leprosy. You know what he was telling him? I'm one with your pain. Compassion, the Greek word, means to hurt just like the person in need is hurting. That's the love of God, man. That's for real. How many times is it Jesus moved with compassion? In fact, in Mark 141, referring to this account, it says that he was moved with compassion. See, he puts his hand right in the midst of the leprosy. It's contagious, man. Why would you do that? Because, see, it's one thing to get healed. It's another thing to know the heart of God that caused the healing. Man, there's 10 lepers. They all got healed, one come back. Jesus is not meant to be your genie. He's meant to be your best friend. Amen? So he's saying, man, I'm not just going to heal you. I want relationship with you. 
See, it's because of relationship that God gives us authority. If you see the name of Jesus just in the context of authority and not in the context of relationship, you're not going to use it rightly. And it's not going to work as it should. So he's put his hand in the midst of the leprosy. The guy's probably saying, man, nobody's, I, I, nobody wants to be around me. I stink. I'm contagious. I'm coming to you. And you're touching me? He touched him. Jesus changes us by touching us. He doesn't send an angel. He loves to touch you and me. Glory to God. So his hands is in the midst of the leprosies. He says, I'm willing. Be thou clean. See now, see, now the authority's taking place, right? And immediately the leprosy departed from him. See, most people read this, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, and, and, and it's awesome. You know, Jesus healed the leper in the last stages, but they miss what preceded the miracle. He put his hand in the midst of the leprosy. He touched the leper that nobody touches. Lepers are untouchable. But Jesus touches the untouchable. Amen? Jesus qualifies the unqualified. Glory to God. Man. Then he used his authority. After he conveyed the love of God the compassion of God to him. That man just didn't go away healed. Here's his testimony, man. Someone says, you're healed. Man, it's amazing. Your fingers are back. Your toes are back. Wow. And you know what I think that guy would say? It's amazing, yeah. But you know what happened? He touched me. I haven't been touched for years. He touched me. Mm, Jesus. Amen. Glory to Jesus. All right, let's see how far we get. Luke 13. Let's go there, okay? See, this is what excites me about Jesus. This, was, this is what I want to meditate on. Yeah. I want to meditate on the heart of God. I want to meditate on the love of God. Amen? Because if I get immersed in the love of God, when he tells me to do something that's difficult, I'll do it. Why? Because he touched me. Amen? Not because he commanded me, but because he touched me before he commanded me. Amen? There's a lot of Christians. They know about God's commands, but they've never been touched. A lot of people accepted Jesus to escape hell. And that's, and that's good because the fear of God's the beginning of wisdom. That's only the beginning. But see, Jesus is not an insurance policy. He's a person. Amen? Glory to God. In Luke 13, oh, glory to God. Let's see if we can find this. Hallelujah, Jesus. Verse 10, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, Luke 13, 10. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity. That's a demonic spirit. 18 years, think of that. Man, was bowed together and could no wise lift herself up. 
So she's hunchback. She's, man, it's, it's a bad deal. 18 years. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to himself and said unto her, woman, thou art loose from thy infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because of Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and said unto the people, there are six days in which men ought to work and them therefore come and be healed, not on the Sabbath. Can you imagine that? Man, religion's a bad deal, for real. It's religious people who killed Jesus. Lord then answered and said, thou hypocrite. Jesus is pretty straightforward. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his donkey from the stall, lead him to watering? He's saying, man, on the Sabbath day, you don't cause the donkey to thirst. Why would you cause this woman not to be healed? Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound low these 18 years, be loosed from the bond on the Sabbath day? Jesus. All right. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. All right. I got to go quick because I think God wants us to go somewhere. Uh, in this. Turn, turn with me to 1 Samuel 30. We'll see uh, how much time we have, but I think God wants to use this. So, uh, 1 Samuel 30. We'll try to do this quickly because of time's sake, but it, it, about verse 1, it says, when it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded the south of Ziklag and, and they, they burned it down with fire. They took the, their captive, their wives and their kids even though they did not harm any. And David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and daughters were taken captive. And then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. Wow. We're going to put, see, we're going to put this now into motion, all right? Dominion and love. He made a mistake. He took all his warriors with him and didn't leave anybody behind to protect the wives, their wives and their kids. So he could know better as a warrior from his youth, but he didn't. Have you ever made a mistake? Man, you might be going too fast driving. Well, God doesn't care. Yeah, God does. Amen. We, we all make mistakes. A lot of times, man, we didn't mean to make the mistake. You know what I'm saying? Man, you just were uptight and you said something you shouldn't have said. Sometimes it's like, man, we all make mistakes. But Jesus helps us, okay? Amen. You don't have to be perfect to walk with Jesus. That's why we're under grace and mercy. Amen. So, man, verse 6, David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the souls of the people were grieved. Every man for sons and daughters. Wow. Man, how's that for covenant? Yeah, we love you, man, but man, not now. <laughs> and here's what I want you to say. God, God I, I know this is for different people. David encouraged himself in the Lord. We need the encouragement of others, but sometimes they're not always going to be there. You have to learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. Amen. Verse 6. I mean, I get prayer when I'm needed. I'm not dismissing that. I'm all for that. 
But what I'm saying, there are times somebody doesn't know what you're going through. Sometimes, man, you're in a desert place and man, you got to, what's it mean to encourage yourself? It means to be courageous again. We're strong, we're courageous. But sometimes, man, something can knock the air out of your balloon. He encouraged himself. Can I tell you something? Faith is a decision. A lot of people don't like to hear that. Faith is a decision. Decisions determine destiny. What if he would have said, man, okay, go ahead and stone me. They probably would have. But he encouraged himself and then he sought God. He said, bring me the, uh, the ephod. Back in the Old Testament, you know, uh, they gave fleeces and the ephod. It was almost like a compass. And it was almost like, you know, you ask God and then it would point to certain things, would give direction. Obviously, God doesn't work that way anymore. He leads us by spirit. But they didn't have the spirit of God like we do. And David inquired and said, shall I pursue after this troop and overtake them? And God said, pursue and overtake them and recover all. That's a word for somebody. Encourage yourself. Don't let the enemy destroy you. Take authority over him. Encourage yourself. Glory to God. Don't have a pity party for yourself. Glory to God. Pursue, overtake, and recover. Amen. Yes, Lord. I'm all for compassion. I'm all for empathy. Can I tell you something? Empathy doesn't get people healed. Empathy doesn't give the people the word they need to hear when they need to hear the hard word. Empathy only goes so far. You got to help people make a decision and tell them this is how God's order is. Pursue. You're not the prey. They are. It looks like you're the prey. They just destroyed you. Pursue them. Overtake them. And without fail, you will recover all. So David went took with them 600 men. Now there's again, now we're talking corporate anointing. 600 men, Lord, that were with him. And then he left a couple hundred people behind to protect, all right? Even even that which was left, even though most of it was decimated. And here's what I love. As they were pursuing in, in verse 11, they found an Egyptian in the field. They brought him to David, gave him bread and water because the guy's dying. And, and they said, man, uh, you know, where are you? He said, well, I was one of the Amalekites that destroyed your place, but I got sick and they left me to die. Wow, good people, huh? And David said unto him, verse 15, can you take me, glory to God, to where they are? Woo, glory to Jesus. Man, how important is this? This is so important. As you are making a decision not to be a victim, not to be prey, but to pursue, overcome, and recover, God will supernaturally give you witnesses to take you to victory. He'll give you, he'll make this word alive, which is first. This is the witness, amen? Even as they went into the tabernacle witness. By the Holy Ghost, he'll speak encouragement to you. He may prophesy to you, glory to God. Hallelujah. He will grace you by his spirit. He will come through. 
Because when you use your authority, the name of Jesus, it's a badge. Amen? Just like, man, if you somehow got deputized and you, you know, somehow now you're, they, get, they deputize you as a state police. Well, without a badge and a uniform, you go out and hold up your hands in this parking lot. You know what I'm saying? You know what's going to happen? I'm going through. You know what I'm saying? Seriously. But you got a badge on. You got a uniform. You got that vehicle that's, you know, going around and around, you know, in red. I'll stay as long as you tell me to. Amen. God has given you a badge in the name of Jesus. It's not you that's holding up the cars. It's the badge. The name of Jesus will be confirmed as you and I use it. That's authority. Glory to God. We're not the badge. But we've been given the badge. That's grace. Hallelujah. And I tell you what, man, it is just so good. God always has a witness. And you say, it might not come on this week or next. It'll come. One of my best friends, he won't mind me saying this because I've shared his testimony before. He was uh, on fire for God and he was going on vacation. And man, he was in a horrible car accident. He was okay, but if some other people were injured, and man, he said, I, I wasn't at fault. But he, but he was alone in the car and they had like five people in their car. And man, they all put it on him. Man, he's facing like a million dollar lawsuit. He said, I could lose my job. I could lose my house, everything. So he called me up. He said, pray with me. I said, certainly. And God brought this to me, 1 Samuel 30, and said, I always have a witness. I said, God has a witness. He spoke this in my spirit. I said, God has a witness. He said, you don't understand. He said, I'm going, you know, 70 miles on the highway. They're going like 90. They, they got everything in their favor. The insurance company's against me. We've always taken it, you know, you know, my lawyer said that there's no way out. I said, God has a witness. See, that's authority. When it doesn't look like there's a witness, God has a witness. When it doesn't look like this word is working, it's working. Amen? This is speaking. God always has a witness. I mean, this went on for months. Month after month, I would pray with him. I mean, six months into this, the trial's coming up in a couple months. Man, he's, wow. And as God is my witness, three weeks before the trial, he gets a call. He said, there's a man that came to the police station. Now, think about it, after eight months, almost eight months, somehow he had a video he was in another vehicle. Somehow he saw them coming. He took, somehow he, with his camera and his phone, he took a picture and showed that my friend was in the right. That was Jesus. That's for real. But he called me up just shouting. He said, God has a witness. I said, I told you so. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and you know what's amazing? Somehow he got paid a fairly large sum of money himself 
That's a true story. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So the Egyptians led them to where in verse 17, and David smote them from the twilight even to the evening of the next day. And there escaped not a man of them, say 400 young men which rode upon camels. And then David even went after them. And in verse 18, here's what it says. David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil, nor anything they had taken to them. David recovered all. And David took all the flocks of the herds of the Amalekites and the cattle. Woo! Can I tell you something? When you do what God's way, you'll end up with more than what you started out with. But here's what happened. Here's where wisdom comes in. David has all this spoil, right? Now you have to understand, David not ha- did not have favor with all the tribes of Israel because some of them were still with Saul, some of them were, you know, he's just still young. So here's what he did. To every tribe of, of Israel, in Israel, all the tribes, you know, Dan and you know, all the tribes, you know, Benjamin, he sent gifts to them of the spoils. And they're like, wow, David just gave us all this gold. David gave us cattle. Wow. Verse 26, when David came to Ziklag, he sent out the spoil unto the elders of Judah. Even to his friends saying, behold, a prison for you of the spoil of the enemies of the Lord. Man, when you get recover all, whether it's your health, whether it's your finances, whether it's your victory, whether it's your reputation, whether it's your strength, whether it's your joy, glory to God. Hallelujah. Tell somebody about it. Send it out to somebody. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Woo, glory. And you know what happened? (laughs) Oh, the elders of Judah. Woo. And all the cities. They came out to David. They sent word unto David. And they said, we want you to be king. And that's how David became king. See, what the enemy meant for evil, God turned around and used it for good. But what would have happened if he did not encourage himself? Jesus. What would have happened if he did not inquire of God? What would have happened if God didn't come through and give that witness? What would have happened? But see, God always gives the witness. What would have happened he didn't pursue and fight? Woo, Jesus. Glory. Man. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Oh, man. Let me share one quick testimony. T.L. Daisy Osborne, they had one of the greatest ministries the world's ever known. A lot of church historians ascribe, you know, uh, mass evangelism, mass healings to, 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 you know, they pioneers. They're in India, and 
one service, 300 people that were completely blind in a second's time or so. Uh, another service, I don't know why, same thing, 300 people that never heard her talk. I mean, heard and talked in a second's time. But you know, when he started out in ministry, man, he got, they got sick, they got discouraged. They came back from India and said, we will never minister again. But they happened to go to a church service. Things, good things happen in church services. And there was a guy, a missionary, didn't even know he was going to speak. And he bore witness that it's about God and not about you. Man, they got so excited, they went back to India. I mean, won over a million people to Jesus. I mean, just, just amazing. What's God trying to say to us today? One, because he loves us, he's given us authority. We're looking to more and more of this of how to take it. But the key is this. It's the love of God. God does not intend for you to be harmed. God does not intend for you in any way to be harassed, to be bullied by the enemy, to be victimized. God has provision for us. My heart, the heart of God is for us to understand. There will be challenges. There will be challenges. But the heart of God is for us to know that God will strengthen us and God will, has given us authority and he will strengthen us to use it and because of his love, we don't have to be perfect. Because of his love, we do the best we can and God will make sure we get the witness we need. He'll lead us from triumph to triumph. It's just not a cliche, it's real. Every day. I just feel like the Lord's saying, where you've been harmed, and where you feel that there's no breakthrough. God's saying the time is now. For real. He's saying to you and I. Encourage yourself. Let the body of Christ encourage you. Let your friends encourage you. Pursue. Through the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Ghost. Through the witness of the word. Woo! Get excited. Pursue. Overtake. And recover. And testify that our God is greater than anything that will come against us.